everybody. Hi. Welcome. We've, yeah, we've started with you guys singing before. That's true. Yeah. Well, that was great. <laughs> I, I mean, I think those are the good intros. Yeah. Welcome uh, to Screen on the Spot. We are here for your entertainment. Movie TV podcast. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. We got lots of stuff to talk about today. There is a lot of stuff. And uh, later in the podcast, we have a really cool guest on to talk about a uh, film that is going to be showing at Middle of the Map this weekend. So uh, stay yeah. tuned for that. Middle We're of the map is happening now. That. Yeah. yeah, middle of the map is. It started uh, Thursday. Wednesday, yep. Thursday. I think. Yeah. A day. This so week. a day ago. Definitely yeah. check out you know their website. See uh see some cool films. There is a lot of cool. There are a lot of cool yes, films. There are. Uh, talk greener to grass. Chris yeah. is really villains. interested in one called Greener Grass. I know. Villains looks fun. fun. Villains. We're gonna talk about this is love um a little bit later, which is the one that I really want to see. So and this podcast is filled with love. Yeah. Of course. Not for you. But first. But first. <laughs> that's my Joker laugh. Okay. Oh, well. You get it? Yeah, you're skipping ahead. But you're no, skipping you ahead. said we were going to start with this. Okay, that was there was a confusion. We said start <laughs> for, trailers. for the trailer section. Oh, wow, okay. The Darn trailer portion so, of the podcast. So, to be continued on that. I don't know if you just don't listen. <laughs> you said but, we're going to start with this. But we said for the trailer. I can't hear half Whatever. the time. Okay, let's start with some, uh, some movie news out of uh, the Disney Thing. The D23. D23. The, the, the yeah. Disney Comic Con. The Disney thing. <laughs> what do you call it? I don't know. D23. A lot of cool things happened. Um, it was last Saturday. Is this like a take on A24? No. But no. it's D23? No. No. Okay. It's Disney 23. Probably like what? So they copied. I was going to say it's more like, like D2, <laughs> D2, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> Sir. The most exciting oh. thing, I think, were some of the trailers that came out. Yeah, um, totally. Lady and the Tramp, they're doing a live action. It looks okay. It looks fine. Lady and the Tramp was never my favorite Disney film. It was, no. always, it was okay. It was okay, but it's another one of those, like, why are we doing a live action? It's mm-hmm. still just dogs. Right. It's still just dogs. <laughs> Eating pasta. But it's got a great little cast and stuff, so, I mean, it, looks, it looks cute. Um, yeah, they're small. <laughs> Before D23 came out, I feel like the Mandalorian trailer dropped, like, before no, that was even... At. Was it at? Yeah. Okay. Well, that looks amazing. The Mandalorian um, looks pretty great. That looks cool. It looks really fun. Having Werner Herzog in there, it's <laughs> it just, it just weird, but it looks great. And then, you know, we got a new Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, like, out of it. Some new footage there. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of a weird um, I didn't love thing. it. I'm going to be honest. No. I didn't love everything Was that, about like, that. what we get? Is that, like, half a trailer or, well, it's, or just a first it look? Like a, it was not... Yeah, it's it's a, it, first was a, look. it was appropriate okay. for a presentation. the presentation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, but there was still some new footage in there. Most notably, uh, people are calling her <laughs> Darth Ray. Darth Ray. Or Dark Ray. Yeah. I've seen both. Um, which, you know, let's talk about that for a second. So, I, I mean, it's, it's obviously not out. real. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. I mean, it could be. So I talked to somebody. Uh, well, named Taylor Hemmes, who works here. <laughs> and he, he was like, maybe it's like a possession situation, which I would actually be okay with that only because I get really annoyed with the trailer fake outs where mm-hmm. they, we, we, show, we see something it just, and, it's and then it turns so out gimmicky. to be fake. It's so gimmicky. Well, one of my favorite examples is like Avengers Age of Ultron. There's a shot in the Age of Ultron trailer with the broken Captain America shield. And you're like, oh my gosh, that mm-hmm. seems crazy. And then it all ends up just being a vision that mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. has. Or like in the Infinity War trailer where they had like hulk and everyone oh, like right, charging right, right. Yeah. And, that, and that never yeah. happened that never happened at all right yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I have no doubt this will probably be in the movie, but I don't. Yeah, it's obviously Whether out it's of context. Mm-hmm. And also people seem to think that that's Darth Maul's lightsaber, which I did not get at all like to me it seemed like a totally new thing um yeah i, I think i think people pe- think it is i think people see oh dual-sided lightsaber yeah, must be dark balls and yeah Which, but i think it's possible that what should actually be a double-sided green lightsaber and then they change the colors yeah, to fake i mean it, it was actually a brown very much could yeah. be yeah, I think uh, uh, I, I would say it was sad because like most of the time when I see a Star Wars show, like I'm excited for the film, mm-hmm. but I'm just not. For, I don't know. I am. I, I mean, I'm I excited it. for it, but like I still was just like, God, it's so gimmicky. Like I know mm-hmm. half of the stuff isn't what it appears to be, but also sure. like I don't like that they put it in there just to, you know, cause. Yeah, a but that's thing. Movie trailers. The they they want the, they the buzz. They that would be hilarious. Yeah. If the emperor is there. <laughs> like, oh, this oh. buzz for the emperor is not <laughs> yeah. there. Um, then the Obi-Wan series was confirmed with Ewan McGregor. Starting production next year. Which is fantastic. Yeah, that's very... I, uh, yeah, I'm incredibly excited. So I recently saw that there was a deal for if you want to see all these shows. Well, not obviously Rise of Skywalker, but like the Mandalorian or the Obi-Wan series. Um, you have to buy the Disney Plus sure. streaming service. Mm-hmm. And right now they're, they're having like a deal right now where you can get it for like four bucks a month or something like that. Hmm. So If you sign up for the fan site, yes. which apparently crashed... Oh, um, wow. Because everybody because wants it. Everybody was but it's like a three-year thing. So for three years, it's like total $141 as opposed to like $200. So yeah. you're really saving good, like though, 69 yeah. bucks. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you want uh, the Disney streaming service so you can watch all this stuff, which Justin is getting, um, yep. might not be a bad idea but to you just sign up for it. Get it and give me your login. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be on his good Maybe. side. I've already been promised it. <laughs> wow. Apparently, okay. Supposedly they're cracking down on that somehow. I don't know. Mm. I'm just kidding. I don't he hasn't promised doing, it. But- I might just, uh, I don't know. I just, there's so much to watch. Like, I, I almost don't want to add to my, my TV watching plate. But <laughs> it's, I'll be bad if I miss out on some of these things. What else? We got a first look at Emma Stone's Cruella de Vil. Yeah, that was kind of um, cool. Which I completely forgot that, that she was I doing this. Until um, I saw the picture. Yeah. Looks good. Um, the director of Itania. What else, nice. Justin? This is kind of, okay. these are all your... All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... There was a lot of like little things, like for Falcon and Winter Soldier, they announced that Wyatt Russell, who's Kurt Russell's son, is going to be a major part of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, for the show WandaVision, still a terrible title, mm-hmm. they announced that it's the show itself is like a half, uh, a half sitcom, half MCU event f- series. So nobody really knows what that means. But if you see the poster for it, it's like. I mean, it's obviously an illustration, but it's like them in like this '50s looking thing, sitting on a couch. But of course, their shadows are the outlines of the actual Vision and Scarlet Witch. But they cast they well, they're bringing back Kat Dennings from the Thor films for this series and Randall Park from Ant Man and the Wasp. I don't know how why, but you know. And then they cast Catherine Hahn as a nosy neighbor, which is a classic old school mm-hmm. sitcom thing. And I love Catherine Hahn, so whatever she does, that's that's great. Uh, the they they confirmed a Black Panther two release date for May sixth, twenty twenty two, which I think was one of the biggest things mm-hmm. out of it because yeah, every, we talked every, about like why yeah. we were all shocked that it was going to take this long yeah which I think Ryan Coogler came out and said well he's like well, we're just trying to take our time yeah trying to make it right which I think is great that they're oh, doing yeah. that and not trying to rush it um Kit Harrington mm-hmm. was cast in the Eternals which funny enough co stars Richard Madden from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones and Kit Harrington will play a knight who in the comics was in love with a character named Cersei. So, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's really stretching his muscles. Lots, lots of Game yeah. of Thrones uh, connections there. Yeah, but um, they also cast Gemma Chan, who was just in Captain Marvel, but she's playing a different character. But she's great, so that's cool. And then Barry—I don't know how to pronounce his name—but Barry Cogan, 
maybe, but mm-hmm. he was in um, Killing of the Sacred Deer and mm-hmm. uh, what was the Chris Dunkirk. So he's one of those up and coming dudes. Uh, they also showed them all, like all in their costumes, like mm-hmm. the uh, like art or whatever in their costumes, which looks like it'd be cool. And then they announced these new shows like Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and Moon Knight are all getting Disney Plus. Which series. already the trolls are well, feminists have to they have to make she things for everything. I know that's so silly. Like She She Hulk is a big deal. Whatever and trolls are stupid, annoying. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And there were also people saying stuff about Miss Marvel because they were like, oh, we're already getting Miss you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Shut up, dude. Miss Marvel is going to be the first Muslim character. In a live action superhero thing, so that's a big. She thing. related to Miss Maisel. No. Okay. Nope. But uh, but yeah, that's all cool. And and I know you're excited. The biggest l- news of this all the is Lizzie that McGuire Lizzie McGuire is coming back. <laughs> I'd have never seen Lizzie McGuire. What? I think it was probably it ha- it would have been after your time. I think. Yeah. Like what is it even about? She's like a high schooler or something. Yeah, she was a high schooler. She her mm-hmm. inner thoughts was like a cartoon yeah. character of her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she had goofy friends. She was a, she had a friend that was into film, and that's why I liked it. Her, yeah. I liked her friend who was a filmmaker. I just liked it because my ultimate crush was Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Hillary, or, Duff. Hillary Duff. Yeah. Uh, not the cartoon Lizzie <laughs> McGuire. Uh, but it's funny because last night uh, I actually got stuck watching Agent Cody Banks. Oh, yeah. Uh, How do you get stuck watching? Stuck. I mean, it was on TV, and we didn't change the channel. <laughs> so uh, stuck. But I was like. I was like, okay, I, I looked at my wife and I go, the funny thing is that like this was my ultimate crush back in the day. And then I go, I saw the poster for the new Lizzie McGuire and I go, she's still my ultimate crush. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But like apparently it's going to follow her as an adult, of course, yeah. in the adult world, like working world. But like her inner, you'll still see like a teenage cartoon mm-hmm. Lizzie McGuire, which is, which is an interesting well, idea. Well, we all have teenage cartoon thoughts. So. Yeah, right. absolutely. Well, but. you know what I think needs to happen is I think Shia LaBeouf needs to stop doing peanut butter stuff, and he needs to keep or do Even Stevens hey, revival. He's, he's on his comeback. He doesn't need to do an Even Stevens I would revival. love to see an Even Stevens revival. I mean, I, I, what's I, I Beans would, been doing? What's Beans up to? <laughs> Who is Beans? <laughs> and then you told me that, uh, what's her face? Oh, yeah. she Well, she was doing like Broadway for many years, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was like her attempt to get back in the mainstream, but she did. Christy Carlson <laughs> Romano. I don't yeah. know who that is either. She was his sister in the oh, show, okay. Shia yeah. sister in the show. But anyway, she did a straight to DVD sequel to Mirrors, which was already bad. You know who who could play Beans? That funny looking guy from uh, <laughs> Enchanted. Why you know wouldn't they just bring about? Beans back? Well, they could bring Beans back. I have no frame of reference for this conversation. I'm very whatsoever. excited for a Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Miss Marvel series, and the fact that Marvel just just keep pumping all this stuff out. We don't know when those are going to come out, though. But still, like. How are they? How do they have this, this much time yeah. and money? Well, because Disney's the right, answer. Never mind. Disney. Anyway, they must have a huge department, yeah. at, like Universal Studios. Maybe they should just the give it the service to everyone for free since they have all the money. It's already them. pretty cheap. Six ninety nine, and then the bundle with six ninety nine. Are you out, out of your, your mind? mind? Okay, sorry, <laughs> I couldn't not. <laughs> I mean, I just joined in. What else do we got going on in the movie world? Uh, Taiko Watiki is going to be in the Suicide, or in talks to be in the Suicide Squad sequel. Which is hilarious. Yes, because Justin and I adore him. And, and he's in the movie. I didn't even know who this guy was. Taika, he, he, he did Thor Ragnarok. I mean, now I know. What We Do in the Shadows. Because I Googled him. You didn't oh. see the What We Do in the Shadows, which is fantastic. No, it is great. Yeah. And I finished the series. It's also really And then um, I was confused because I thought, I thought he was a director, but then he he's director. both. He's both. He's yeah. all the above. He, okay. he directs and acts. He, he directs and more than he acts, probably. So he's know. better than Spielberg because Spielberg only directed. Why do we bring No, he, he definitely him? acts more than he directs only because he's had a handful yeah. of films. He's so great. And the fact, Suicide Squad, the cast. I read something somewhere that was like, this is just James Gunn hanging out with cool people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's 
possibly joining Margot Robbie already. We all know that. Jai Courtney, Viola Davis is reprising her role. Then uh, Indris Elba is going to be in it. John Cena, David Desmolchin, and some other lady who I don't know. <laughs> and also um, Nathan Fillion just joined the cast. Oh, also. Nathan Fillion did? That's yeah. fantastic. And he's a James Gunn I love bud, Nathan so I, I like seeing Nathan Fillion. So maybe so. Suicide Squad will be really good. So Wouldn't that be that crazy? Be I, know. That'd I, be great. I, my expectations are super high now, which is hilarious because the first one's not good. So mm-hmm. you, my expectations should be low, but because it's James Gunn and this cast, I'm like incredibly excited. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully it'll turn out to be... I mean, I'm. I, I, it already looks promising, so... Uh, now you can do your Joker laugh. Oh, good segue, because <laughs> DC movies. That's, a ter- that's, that's terrible. I don't know what a Joker laugh is. Why Not are that. you doing it, then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened? What Calls happened? drop off. What? Okay. New Joker trailer is out. <laughs> the new Joker trailer is out. It looks so good. It does. It's so creepy and weird, which I think is exactly what it should be for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still like the whole Todd Phillips directing it oh, thing sure. like really weirds me out for some reason just because like it just doesn't seem like his, yeah. his genre. But Well, ultimately, my curiosity, because there's obviously been a lot of Oscar buzz already, and it's going to be at all these festivals. They've, there's a lot of confidence behind it, but my ultimate curiosity is going to be, and we saw whatever report it was from the guy last year who was, like, dogging on superhero movies mm-hmm. and being included, and those superhero movies are typically getting ignored in this stuff, but this movie is obviously different, mm-hmm. and, you know, they're obviously going to push it for Oscar stuff, so I'm curious, like... You know, and what, how it's going to be accepted in the Academy Awards, anyways. Like, yeah. obviously, right. Heath Ledger won for Joker, but that was an anomaly. I don't want to say an anomaly. That was a rarity. So, but this doesn't feel like those movies. Sure. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what I'm curious. For I'm me, curious. it seems like, more yeah. like a drama than it does yeah, like right. an action. Film. Oh, it looks like an Oscar um, film more than a superhero so, film. Absolutely, yeah. but it, yeah. but I'm just curious if it's going to be discarded in that way, or is this going to be the bridge? now to start including more of those right. things mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no idea, but Joaquin Phoenix is very creepy. Yeah. I, he plays that yeah. role well. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't even seen the movie yet. And was there any like, doubt, wow. though, that he was going to... I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great, his performance, but oh, right. when no. I heard this, I was like, he's perfect because I've seen The Master and mm-hmm. what he can do with The Master and then mm-hmm. obviously or like other films. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's great. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and he retired, and then he came back. So I'm like, well, it was a really fake. glad that he did. It was yeah. a fake retirement. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Most bizarre David. Yeah, Lennon it just interview. looks really dark. Like, I mean, he, whatever's going on in his world, and he's got like the love interest with Zazie. All he has are negative. Or is it? Mm-hmm. Is it Zazie Beats in it? Zazie, Zazie Beats, yeah. Beats is in it. Yeah, and they look like they're together, and he's like some kind of comedian that gets me. I don't like that. I don't like seeing people like bullied and like tortured souls yeah. like that. It just oh, makes sure. me sad for them. So I'm. Sure <laughs> they want you to feel something. Well, I think that's that's going to be the trick of it, right? Is that you're probably going to feel sympathetic towards mm-hmm. him, but knowing what he might become or does become is mm-hmm. that's going to be the tricky but thing. It could be he becomes that in direct retaliation because of the people who are mean to him. Well, sure. Well, which is not so true. is this now a clear indication? Remember when the first trailer came out and there was rumors that like, oh, this wouldn't really be the Joker. It'd be like, uh, well, like, no, well, what was that? We I, still don't. I mean, you know, he he says like, can you introduce me as Joker or bring me out as Joker? And mm-hmm. the which is a great line and a great moment in the trailer. But I mean, it's still possible that he's not. They're they're taking a lot of liberties. It's just the Joker. I mean, it doesn't have to be connected in that way. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Who knows? It could still end with like maybe something happens to him and he just inspires someone else to become 
the Joker that mm-hmm. will battle right, Batman right. later. Because obviously, like he's in his mid forties or whatever, mm-hmm. and Batman is a kid. Mm-hmm. You know that doesn't that doesn't work. But yeah. but they're taking a lot of liberties and they're they're trying to tell a story that doesn't have to be connected to anything. Sure. Right. So. I like that. That's cool. Me too. Um, very excited for this. Obviously, um, we got a Breaking Bad trailer finally. It's mm-hmm. going to be called uh, El, El Camino. Camino, and it comes out on October eleventh. Netflix. That was cool surprise that it's coming yes. out so fast. So, yeah, really cool. We didn't get much from it. Um, Skinny Pete was in the trailer, mm-hmm. who's looking so old, oh, which makes me yeah. wonder, like, well, he what, was, like, how many was, years passed? Well, you know, or? in the in the in the show, wasn't he? He was heavy on the drugs. Yeah, but don't so. he just looks like he looks like a fifty year old now? Yeah, he's on no drugs, man. So don't I, do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, Jesse Pinkman is on the run, and people are looking for him. Yeah. No idea who else is going to be in it, but I want to know um, your thoughts. Like, I feel like they're going to show Brian Cranston at some point. I just don't know. It'll probably how. be a flashback. You think? Or maybe he's alive somewhere, and I don't. He wouldn't. I don't see how. Or he maybe he'll be yeah. his Jesse's conscience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, because yeah, I, I, that's my problem. Is is as a fan of Breaking Bad, I want to see him again, but then it almost would tarnish yeah, you don't want it to, yeah. to diminish anything right and that's such a good show it, it's like any great show that you love so much you don't want the next thing to tarnish what exactly so, just happened here's i don't know i think it could possibly be a big twist at the end of it like maybe like waltz in jail or something you know like mm-hmm. and they show him at the very end i don't know mm-hmm. who knows like i feel like that could be a huge twist yeah it's like oh shit he's alive yeah that, like, that would be pretty cool um I saw Aaron Paul got annoyed because yeah. I think it was like the New York Post or the New York Times like leaked that it had been he, they leaked something they and, leaked he was, and, then and he was annoyed and then they had to like announce it officially announce it, yeah mm. which that's all that is kind of frustrating yeah. sure but I'm excited October 11th we got a lot of stuff coming this fall so also coming this fall uh, we got a trailer for The King which is the Timoth- Timothy Chalmay R. Pat Robert Robert Pattinson um, is that now what we call him R. Pat R. Pat yeah. Our Pat. Okay. Yeah, that's been a thing. Um, Our Pats. Joel oh. Edgerton Who co-wrote co- this. Yeah. Uh, he didn't direct it, but he co-wrote. But it's Henry V. So. It looks great. All those haircuts, man. Yeah, All the haircuts. Haircut. Robert Pattinson's hair. It's very interesting. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm very interested because Lily Rose Depp is in uh-huh. this movie. And obviously Johnny Depp's daughter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I've ever. She's been modeling for a very long time. She was um, in Tusk and Yoga Hosers. And nope. No idea. And she was in a movie with Natalie Portman a couple years ago. Yeah. But I think that also kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was any good or not. I mean, but. I wonder if she's. She's got any chops. chops, and she's playing yeah. a French character. But I think her mom is her mom is French, yeah. So yes. probably easy for her, easier. Yeah, but I'm really excited for Oscar season I now. I mean, I know great. we go through this every year, but I feel like it's coming, man. Timothy, mm-hmm. like the, because of what Roma did, opening the door right. for Netflix. Yeah. I mean, now it's like you can't leave out uh, Scorsese. Yeah, this mm-hmm. and the Irishman. Um, the Irishman. Yeah. You can't leave out this. I mean, maybe his performance in this could be better right. than Little be. Women. I sure. Don't so it's going to get a uh, limited theatrical le- release, but then it's going to be on Netflix. So Yeah, they're doing that with a lot of theirs, like Marriage Story and I think The, the Marriage Laundromat Story as well. That, where yes. it's like, in theaters, and then three mm-hmm. weeks later, will be on Netflix, which I think is interesting. Did you, did you mention Ben Mendelsohn? No, Ben Mendelsohn I is also Mendelsohn. in this. I do enjoy Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, same. It, so, looks, it looks really good. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's going to... This and also the Laundromat are both world premiering at Venice Film Festival. Um, and then, yeah, they'll be on Netflix and then in some theaters. So who knows yeah. 
uh, probably just wait till it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Which yeah. I hope it's not my whole theory of like whatever gets put on Netflix is not is not good. Right. You know, I have that whole like if it's if it's on Netflix yeah. first and not in theaters, yeah. then it's a bad because we've had two like that. The one with what was that weird one with Jake Gyllenhaal? What was the name of that one? Oh, Velvet oh, Buzzsaw. Yeah. That was terrible. And then there right. was another one too that was put on just like straight to oh, it was uh bright that you didn't that yeah. one but oh that's not the one i'm saying I'm thinking of the jennifer aniston one where it was like oh, i don't even remember uh, what was but you didn't like but yeah, and you also didn't like roma and i yeah you yeah. know i mean i can see why people liked roma but <laughs> yeah. yeah uh okay and then we also got the laundromat same kind of thing it's gonna be released sometime this fall slick theaters but also on netflix um but this is based on a nonfiction book secrecy world um so true story uh, follows a group of journalists who uncover an illicit money network at, in the heart of the Panama Papers. So documents, these documents exposed a big system of like illegal swindling. So it kind of sounds like uh, a pyramid scheme of some sort or maybe like the Bernie Madoff things mm-hmm. uh, the, or the Bernie Madoff uh, scandal. Right. But um, Gary Oldman's in it with a very funny accent. Antonio Banderas <laughs> and Meryl Streep. She's playing a woman whose money gets taken from her and she's trying to figure out what's going on. So... Sounds interesting. Yeah. Directed by Steven Soderbergh, who yeah, Soderbergh. doesn't yeah. usually do like a bad Ocean's movie, 11. you know? I mean, maybe he has yeah. a weak movie, but never really bad, I don't think, unless there's something, of course, in my mind. But but, no. but even so, like, I'm, it's great cast, and because it's on Netflix, it's like, well, might as well. well he it. even did uh, Unsane, which I thought was still, like, entertaining. Oh, right. I mean, it wasn't the best, but yeah. I wasn't that interested in his, what was his last one, High Flying Bird? Or something. Maybe. Yeah, Sarah just doesn't like him because he makes movies with iPhones. <laughs> I just don't know. There's no point to it. Like, if you're going to make a film, it was cool. why do it on an, an iPhone? Because you can. Because, because you but can. why? Because you're Soderbergh. If you have a red camera at your disposal, like, why wouldn't you use, like, a camera that's, like, the best camera? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I think he's just one of those dudes. Shoot who's on like film. Yeah. Art, in an artistic choice. It's silly, or though, but why? Yeah. To, because you can, there's man. no yeah. reason. But you can. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he they used all the just money. Because you can to get Claire Foy to, to be an insane. So yeah. they're like, oh crap, we can't even. Afford yeah, we, we can't afford the red yeah, camera. So and get, get an iPhone. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you have any screen hits or screen hits before we go to our interview? Anybody? Um. Uh, well, I mentioned this last time, but I'm seeing tonight. The Midsommar oh, sure. mm-hmm. I'm cut. reading its script right now, so... Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think. Um, it's a very I, long script. Yeah, I have a couple of things. Uh, it's I don't I didn't know whether they call it a screen it or scream it, but the Irishman, because we were talking about mm-hmm. it, they, it clocks in at 210 minutes, which is three and a half hours, and that's insane to me. It could be cut down, maybe, but like... And maybe because it's a net going to be... Even though it'll be in theaters for a few weeks and then mm-hmm. go to Netflix, maybe that's why they were like, yeah, you know, Scorsese. Sure. Three and a half hours, sure. But that's... Only- and the day before Thanksgiving, like, people don't have anything better <laughs> mm-hmm. to do but prepare for Thanksgiving. They're not going to be watching it. That's a long movie, man. Yeah. Very That's long. a lot of movies. What do you think? Everybody's going to have their families around and be like, hey, let's sit in, by the table. Sure. And- Is but that not worrisome to anybody else that it's three hours? It just makes me think it's not going to be good. Well, Avengers was three hours. Yeah, but this is not Avengers. I, I think I kind of see it as like it's just going to be this huge epic, and mm-hmm. I, I know I think there's been concerns because of like the they were having trouble with like the effects, and that's why we didn't see things for a while. I don't know. I think um, it doesn't concern me, except that just at the risk that it could be boring, and right. you know, sometimes when these studios or whoever tries to do this, like. Like Australia, this big epic two and a half, three hour movie that they thought was going to be the new Gone with the Wind, and then it was boring mm. and mm-hmm. bad. And I don't know. I hope he mm-hmm. still got it. I mean, I hope the, all those actors 
I don't think screen. like, and even if it's not good, it's just one. It's Martin Scorsese. You'd it like to think that Joe Pesci it. came out of retirement <laughs> to do yeah. something good. It could be good, man. I mean, he's had some long. Casino was three hours, and mm-hmm. I love Casino. Oh, I love but Casino. Wolf of Wall Street was three hours. I like that a lot. But three and a half hours is long, man. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say that I think is kind of neat is uh, there's a bunch of filmmakers, uh, Christopher Nolan, James Cameron, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Ava DuVernay, Ryan Johnson. There's something that you can get on certain TVs that's going to be called filmmaker mode, which is essentially... Oh, yeah. They're getting rid of the this, this motion yeah, smoothing. Thank get, God. Exactly. So it's essentially like you're supposed to be able to see this film the way the mm-hmm. filmmaker intended, it. intended which okay. I think is a really neat Down thing. with motion smoothing. It's awful. Yeah, yeah I always yeah. have to turn it off. And yeah. I had accidentally turned it on when I was trying to figure out settings for something recently on when we were rewatching Avengers Endgame, and I hated it. But... Um, I think it's kind of people neat. do that though. Like people don't know. People don't so know. People have it a lot of it just happens on their TV. Yeah, like I've been to like friends' houses yeah. or like you know mm. wherever just uh-huh. other people's homes, and it's like it, yeah, it looks terrible. And yeah, like people it makes just everything like a soap People opera. just assume right. it's like how it is. It's just like no, this is not supposed to be right. So I just think it's way. cool. I think you know. I think Ryan Coogler was another one, but all these big directors are mm-hmm. in like full support of getting it going. And I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. I assume it's gonna. I don't know what TVs it's gonna be on, or if it's something because I assume it's like. If you have a TV, it's not like you can go download this setting. Right. It's going to be on whatever new TVs, but it's still a neat thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I support that. Me too. No more 3D, which I guess we don't even have 3D really anymore. Yeah, right? three, yeah, we do. We do? Yeah. yeah. They just don't. It's not like it's a selling point anymore. Wait, but I was going to say, re- when's the, I've never seen a movie Avengers like, advertised was in 3D, 3D. I'm pretty sure was Yeah. Seriously? A lot of these movies are still released in 3D. I think Spider-Man was still in 3D. Yeah, it's, just, it's just that you don't see it like as the push mm-hmm. anymore, but it's there. If I ever go to someone's house and they have a 3D TV, douche. I've never seen anybody with a 3D. <laughs> That's like the douche either, stamp of all time. <laughs> okay. Sorry for Harsh. anyone who has a 3D TV. Is that your screaming? <laughs> That's my screaming. <laughs> well, okay. And on this note about timing, I guess my screaming would be, and I'm totally like in defense mode of Midsommar, but I watched an interview with Ari Aster who said that his original cut of Midsommar was three hours and 45 minutes, too I believe. Long. It's too long. And then he said that, like, that's before any cuts. I just feel then, like that's egotistical. If you're making a three-hour yeah, movie, well, like, but then he, get over and then yourself. he cut it to Nobody two hours and 45 minutes. Movies. And then he's, he said that he was, like, in love with that. Like, that was his cut. Like, he didn't want to change anything. And then A24, he's like, they're great. He's like, they urge me to cut it down even more. But I'm sitting here thinking... A24 is a studio that actually cares, and Midsommar is not like a mainstream blockbuster horror movie. So why are you making an artist like him cut down his movie so now they're because having to split long. it between it's, director's well, still, cut and it's just still because you also and, don't want a movie where people are like wow i could have cut 30 minutes out of that thing yeah. you know well Some, i'm excited sometimes for you have to cut. step away from your movie and let other people give you some advice. i didn't realize too i told justin in the interview he said that you had to uh he had to go back and when you cut something out, you have to rewatch it yeah. from entirety. Like anytime you take anything sure. out, because you have to make sure it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these artists, they always have visions of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that people have mentioned with Netflix, like being a little too loosey goosey and just letting people do what they want. And then the movies kind of are messy. Mm-hmm. Like so, some, sometimes it can be good to have that outside voice step in and say, well, why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, you're going to see the director's cut. If it's great, then, you know. But, I mean, it's still a business. It's a commercial yeah. thing. They still want people but to go see it in theaters. You think they're and... telling Scorsese and Spielberg to cut down their movies? Clearly yeah. not. Oh, I'm sure they are sometimes. You think it was like five Actually, hours? yeah. There's been... Scorsese's had movies that they've had them, that they've made them cut down before. 
Yeah. I, I don't support everybody. that. Sorry. I do. <laughs> I support artists. What do you support? I support movies that are watchable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's go to our, our super awesome, exciting interview um, with my friend Sean, who is going to be showing his film at Middle of the Map Fest. on the line now with uh, my friend Sean Rhodes. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be on here. Yes. Thanks for having me. Um, And so um, some of you guys may have heard of his film, This Is Love, and it is uh, showing at the middle of the Map Fest this weekend. So we wanted to have him on just to tell us a little bit about the film and um, just uh, a lot of success that he's been having. So very excited to have you on, Sean. I'm very excited to be on. Um, So first off, okay. So we know each other from Wichita because I'm from Wichita and you live there too. I think, are you from there? Close enough. Close enough. Yeah, you've been there for probably as long as I live there too. So I I have heard of Rudy Love and that is who this documentary is based on. I've heard the name, you know, just being from Wichita, like kind of seen his performances around town. I don't know that I've actually seen him perform, but... um, he sounds like he has just like this very fascinating history that unfortunately I don't know a lot about. So, um, well, tell us that's the story. Why I had to make a movie about yes. it. Yes. And so, <laughs> so ki- kind of tell us the, what, what is the film about? Tell us the basic story. Well, okay. The overall, the overall thing is not to get too in depth. So you want to go see the film, but, um, his dad was very influential in music and he and another guy from Wichita here named Don level, um, so it's Robert Love and Don Level uh, went to Chicago back in the early 60s and recorded a song at Chess Records called Good Morning Little Schoolgirl, <laughs> which was then a few years later picked up by Eric Clapton and the Yardbirds, and it became Eric Clapton's first charted hit. Okay. Oh, wonderful. So, which is, which is pretty crazy. And then what happened was there was a second Good Morning Little Schoolgirl school version by Sonny Boy Williamson, um, who had been murdered, stabbed with an ice pick in the head or something like that in, you know, in the Yikes. early 40s. So they had both of these versions. And what the, what the record label did was they started switching the catalog numbers and saying, oh, you didn't write this. And that's Sonny Boy Williamson's version and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually this song becomes the second most recorded song in rock and roll history. Wow. But they never saw any of the money because it was a big scam. They even went so far as to put someone else's name, a buddy of theirs, on the publishing for it. And so you're talking millions of dollars of lost royalties on that. So that's kind of the background of the music influence. Um, And so Rudy at that time was a teenager in the 60s. And by the time he's 17, he's now writing songs for Ray Charles' Little Richard. Wow. So... And this that is this began. is all in Chicago. This is happening. Um, yeah, actually, that all happened in Chicago. But then, you know, and when Rudy was writing songs, he went out to California at the age of seventeen and got hooked up with all these guys and put together uh, his own record, which is fantastic. But then that record label, which was owned by Ray Charles, started selling off all his music to mm. other people. So one of his songs, "Your Love Is So Doggone Good." has gone six times platinum with wow. other artists, which included um, Ray Charles recorded it himself. It's Black Moses, Isaac Hayes record, mm-hmm. Esther Phillips, The Whispers, and on and on and on like that. And so Rudy continues to make all these songs that keep getting stolen from him. Wow. So that's how he kind of began. And then 
skipping forward, he ended up uh, with Sly Stone. It's fine. The family Stone was breaking breaking up, and a lot of those guys were going to uh, other record labels like Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy became an integral part of Sly and the Family Stone. Wow. And so um, he's on, oh, you know, a couple of Sly's records like that. And then um, there's that chapter. And then one of the craziest ones about the story is uh, he's hired by the head, the owner of Fito Records, which is out of Hong Kong, uh, to come over there. And he's they're filming him on Laserdisc recording all these American classics. So this new idea that this guy has about um, putting these putting these videos on TV and watching the words come up and singing along with it, mm-hmm. karaoke. Karaoke, yeah. Rudy's the first person to ever sing karaoke. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then fast forward again, it turns out that we found out a few years ago, like when we were halfway through into making the movie, that some of these recordings that he had done in the 60s and 70s had actually been sold and released over in Europe. Uh-huh. And one of them was a pretty pretty good-sized hit album over there that was released under somebody else's name. Wow. So, and I mean, he CD should be a millionaire by now, and he's not. Is oh, kind yeah. of the whole... And, and that's, that's kind of the thing. Um, and you would think that, you know, after all this stuff happened, you'd think he'd be bitter and, you know, angry. Yeah. And he's not. Oh. Because had he made all that money, he probably would have just given it away anyway. Yeah. That is incredible. So, that, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy story. Was that <laughs> what, so what inspired, I mean, I assume you probably didn't know a lot of this, you know, even having know who known who Rudy was, you know, being in Wichita and he's kind of like, you know, a name there for, in music. Um, what inspired you to, to get involved and to make this film? Well, Originally, like I think when I first met him, they had hired me because they were they were cutting a new record twenty years ago, <laughs> uh, and so they hired me to make extended press kit and EPK about you know some of the new songs and some of the history there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, let's just start by sitting you down, Rudy, and you tell me stories. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept going on and on. I was like, who the heck is this guy? I thought he was the guy with the boys from the carpet commercial. Yeah, yeah. And as it turned out, it was like, this is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard about Americana, um, the black American experience, slavery, music, the record industry. I mean, it involves the mob and murder and all this other stuff. Um it's nuts. And so it, it was a matter of like after it, t- so it took me 19 years to make this film, which oh, is wow. not, I don't suggest that to anybody, <laughs> but, um, but the timing happened to be right on this. And, you know, as all the stories, you know, came out, it's just like this, this is a, just a great story about America, black music experience, record labels, the mob, all that. So that's kind of how how it happened. And it was a matter really of in terms of like on the back end side on the editing, it's like cutting out great stuff. Right. It's, it's about an hour and 20 minutes. And um, there's so much. It could have been it could have been eight hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he sounds like he's lived in just an incredible life that it, I insane. had no idea. So what yeah. what what's the uh, what's the reception been like? I mean, this is not the first festival it's been in, right? It's been 
playing in a lot of places. How, yeah, the... this is somewhere in the 30th, 34, 5, I think. I can't keep wow. track anymore. Um, our world premiere was at Raindance in London uh, a year ago, almost a year ago, la- la- end of last September. And we and, and as it goes, Raindance is like number 11 in the world behind mm-hmm. Sundance, Lucarno, Cannes, Venice, mm-hmm. some of those. And we actually ended up winning on our world oh, premiere wow. the film of the festival. Fantastic. Congratulations. Well, thanks. And then, um, and then we, a couple of weeks later, we won Rome. And since then, we won a big film festival in Mexico. And I, I think we've gotten, I think one out of three festivals that we're in, we, we've won mm-hmm. some type of award, which is, which is nuts. It's hard enough to get into one of these festivals because mm-hmm. there's thousands and thousands of films that are trying to get in. I mean, I think I think it was Raindance had. What they tell me is something like fifty thousand entries. Wow! And we were one of two hundred that got in and then won the whole thing. So it's been, you know, it's great because it's been very well received, and we've got so much traction over in Europe. Um, and it, what it does, what I'm trying to do with it is expose the music in the band to the rest of the world so mm-hmm. that they can try to recoup some of the money that they lost by having everything stolen mm-hmm. by renewed interest and maybe take them out live on tour, well, which they're sure. playing live in Kansas City, by the right. way. Right. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, I saw that. Well, surely they should be able to get some money out of this, I would think. I hope that's not part of the, I mean, I hope that is part of the documentary. I don't want to spoil <laughs> well, anything, but it, it, se- it seems like, it, you know, maybe back in the day, it was easier to ignore the people making the music and, you know, giving them, you know, writing credits or whatever. But I feel like, d- doesn't that stuff get fixed now? Yeah, well, you know, kind of our attitude was, this whole time is we're not really going after that old money because it's gone, right? right? I mean, probably the people who got a lot of that money from the royalties are dead anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but So as it turns out, though, in meeting with some uh, lawyer friends that I have, it's like somebody still owns publishing for it. Right. And the thing is, if you turn around and try to sue for that old money, you're not actually suing the record label or the people who got the money. You're suing their insurance company. Mm. Hmm. So that's kind of in the works now. That was never really our intention. We were trying to make, I was, you know, trying to make new money for the family off of us, new exposure. Um, but, you know, there's a potential there. And that's one of the things that when people watch the movie is the biggest question. I mean, people end up being pissed. Yeah. Well, sure. I'm um, mad just like, listening how? to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And you and want it's, credit it's, to it's go where <laughs> credit is due. I mean, it sounds like he was hugely influential in some of these musicians and, and just music well, and, genres. And that's the thing. When, when George Clinton says, if it weren't for Rudy Love, music would not exist as we know it today. Hmm. That's big. That's pretty huge. And yeah. that, in doing all these interviews, like Mick, Mick Fleetwood's in the film as well. Um, he, uh, I coerced him into being the executive producer with me. Yeah, uh, so we kind of wanted that. That's kind of leading into one of, like, how did those people get involved? So kind of, yeah, tell us the background about all that first. Well, I used all my connections. And the good thing <laughs> with Mick was is that uh, my sister Gretchen is the lead singer for his Island Rumors band. Okay. And one of her best friends. And so that's... That's how we got to Mick. But the irony is, is that, you know, uh, when it goes back to the good morning little schoolgirl thing, is that the original Sonny Boy Williams was murdered in 1944, I believe. But then all of a sudden, Eric Clapton's on tour with the Yardbirds in the mid-60s, 
And Sonny Boy Williamson is his opening band. Hmm. But Sonny Boy Williamson's been dead for 20 years at that point. So there was a second Sonny Boy Williamson who assumed the name and was an imposter. What? Um, wow. So, yeah, there, and there's actually a third Sonny Boy Williamson then. But somebody assumed his identity. And it's like I'm the like, Dread Pirate oh, Roberts from <laughs> Princess <yeah>. Bride. <laughs> and I'm like, how in the world does Eric Clapton not know that this guy because they're two separate versions of Good Morning Little Schoolgirl. Two separate copyrights are not the same song. Sometimes they get confused together. Um, but how does Eric Clapton not know that this that the original Sonny Boy Williamson isn't dead, and he knows he's not singing the original Sonny Boy Williamson song? Mm-hmm. So he actually did approach Sonny Boy Williamson, too, and say, hey, I know your real name is Alec Rice. Alec Rice, uh, Alec Rice something. Uh, and that dude pulled a knife on him and told him, you better shut the <gasps> F up Wow! and never tell anybody. When did this happen? So, like, like, uh, mid sixties because oh, wow. okay. so Eric Clapton's doing the Don and Bob love, you know, Don or the Don level and Bob love version of good morning, little school girl. And this other guy's opening for him. Well, the irony is, is that a very young drummer at 17 years old, Nick Fleetwood, was in the backing band wow. for Sonny Boy Williamson. So oh. as it turned out he's like one of our only living witnesses right. who can corroborate the story. Wow. Okay. So how twisted is that? that Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So Mick was quite happy to do it, and he's pretty thrilled with the with the film. And Good. Yeah. He bragged it up. Okay. So, and yeah, we got him on there. So you mentioned George Clinton. We also saw Sinbad. Like, what? What's Sinbad's the in there? How did the How did Sinbad this all play does. out? So Sinbad uh, was in the Air Force and was stationed in Wichita. Wichita, I remember this. Oh. Yes, he actually worked at acting... my old TV station. Really? I didn't at know. At the that. CBS Did station. Really? Yeah, he worked at KWCH. <laughs> no way. He was like, he ran That's camera. Hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So he used to get up with the Love Family Band and sing all the time. He calls himself like the 15th Love Family uh, <laughs> Band member. Um, but he was he was thrilled to do it. He's been very supportive. And then uh, Marseille Martin, who did... Uh, the movie Big over the summer. She's a she's on Blackish. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter on Blackish, mm-hmm. kind of the young girl. Um, but she wrote and produced that movie Little mm-hmm. over the summer, and uh, that's Rudy's niece. Oh. oh, okay. And so she's in the film, and then you know who else is in the film? I can't even remember. We've got Bobby Masano, who's in the Blues Hall of Fame, who is uh, Steve Winwood, and and uh, Lou Graham's guitarist uh-huh. is in there. We've got we've got corroborating mobster, um, former um, former family people, shall yeah. we say, who's in here. Um, and it's a it's a it's a wild ride. It's a wild Absolutely. story. Absolutely, that's fascinating. I didn't. Yeah. Sorry, I got hung up on it. Uh, so it must feel pretty nice at this point after 19 years for it to be so well received to put that much time. An effort into it. Yeah, yeah, it it really does, and I'm you know obviously I'm just happy that it got done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, but um, yeah, it, you know it's great. The the success is like I, I was I wasn't expecting it yet. You do try to expect it because you want to draw that you know you know law of attraction to, sort of thing to it. You don't want it to suck, mm-hmm. but um, 
but yeah, the, the way it's been received has been in, incredible. And with that, uh, with the rain dance win, that put us in Oscar contention. Oh, wonderful! So that's great. So we're qualified to be nominated, which you know that's still a super long shot. But it's like about one in a ten million chance this of that so ever happening in the first place. Yeah. Well, you never know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. You never know. I mean, but but the success that it's had so far. I mean. I feel like I did my job, and my job was to be a storyteller and tell mm-hmm. this particular story the best of my ability. And I'm just thrilled that it's done. So <laughs> it seems like you know, because I kind of my one of my questions is you know, like what steps are there to like making a documentary? But it sounds like you really just you know, kind of accidentally found this great story and recognized that it was a great story and this it needed to be told. Um, so kind of talk about like you know how that how how it all kind of got created. Well, basically what I did is I went out and started shooting mm-hmm. and started gathering information. And some of the family members like like Etta Love, who is actually from the Kansas City area, um, had been doing all this research, especially on the Good Morning Little Schoolgirl part. And Rudy's brother, Bob, um, who is kind of his right-hand man and band member and all that stuff, had been saving all this archival information. So... As it goes for the documentary part of things, we had we had all the evidence. We had everything right there, and it was just a matter of putting that together. So I think six years ago, I was working on a film called Bender, um, which is about the bloody Bender serial-killing family from the 1870s in Kansas, mm-hmm. who would, uh, people would be traveling on the Osage Trail and they'd stop over at like, this bed and breakfast and get their heads smashed in with a hammer, nice. and then their throats slit and buried in the orchard. So... <laughs> That was written by um, John Alexander and J.C. Guest, and they had hired me to work on this film. And so after we were done with that film, I said, here, take a look at this. Because <laughs> I was at the point at about, oh, I was probably about the 13-year mark to where I was like, man, I don't know what to do with this. This is a colossal, massive project here. I don't know if it's an eight-hour PBS miniseries. Is it a documentary? Is it a feature film? What the heck do we do with this? Mm-hmm. So... I brought them in uh, at that time to help me try to figure this out, and they kind of fell in love with Rudy and the music and the story, and uh, they were instrumental in coming in there. And I, I put John on as John Alexander directs the film, mm-hmm. um, and I was kind of like just overseeing, making sure everything was going the right way, telling the story. Um, so props to those guys. They came in, and with their experience in film, um, JC on the back end, all the production stuff, Mm-hmm. that you deal with when you're making a film, that back-end thing that you never think about, like um, fair use rights for mm-hmm. the music, oh, sure. mm-hmm. lawyers, financials, all that stuff, raising capital. Um, they kind of help me out to handle that, because without them, it still wouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. There's no way. But that's kind of that's how it happened. And then you just kind of you know figure out how do you piece this thing together, mm-hmm. Um it could be chronological, but this film's not. It kind of skips around, but it still ends up weaving itself into a story that's, you know, compelling and still makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long-winded way to answer your question. Sure. No, no. <laughs> well, what's what's next for you? Are you uh, are you only interested in documentaries? Are you do you want to work in narratives, or do you already have something coming? Well, yeah, I've got the next one. I had a I had a TV show on Fox. Um, out of Wichita that was in places like Boise, Idaho, and Water, Watertown, New York, and mm-hmm. Portsmouth, Virginia, called Heavy Pork, which was a sketch variety impromptu oh. music video show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've already started writing that, and this is going to be a straight-up comedy. 
That's cool. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's a lot different than this. Yeah, it's going to be a lot, lot different. Well, the last one before this was a, you know, an 1870s period piece thriller western. So, <laughs> so you're all over the so, place. But it, yeah, if you can, you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to do this stuff, sure, and you can turn around and maybe make some money off of it, then you might as well go for it. Absolutely. Plus, it's nice yeah. not to stay in one wheelhouse and try to, you know, get as much exposure and everything you can. Yeah, so I figured I'd bite off probably the hardest thing that anybody could possibly do and make a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So Sarah, Sarah knows that, though. Yeah. You got, I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to have you in it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm all there. I'll, I'll, I'm all over it with my n- no no credentials <laughs> to be in a film whatsoever. But occasionally, I get thrown in a promo or you know a 48 hour film race or something like that. But, um, yeah, whatever you need, I'm happy to help out. But so right on. Your it's going to be showing at 4:30 at the Screenland Armor on Saturday. That that's all correct. Yes. And so $10 and then if you have the pass for the weekend, I think it's 20, but $10 at the door, right? I think that's correct. I believe yeah, yeah. I think it's $10 at the door and then uh live show afterwards. That's very cool. Gosh. I, I don't remember the place. It's like two blocks away from the theater. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yeah. So they're going to be playing live. And you I can't mean, you get it. to see them. Yeah. So you get to watch the documentary, learn all about Rudy Love, and then get to see him perform. So that well, sounds it. like a, such a cool event. <laughs> and we're thrilled for you and for your success. And thank you again for coming on and well, talking sure. to us Thanks about it. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, that was um, Sean, and uh, go see that movie. We're, this is love. We're very excited for This Is Love. Chris, I'm sorry you weren't Christmas there for it. the interview. Um, but I'm here, now. But, you, here now. but you get to listen to it just like everyone else to hear how cool the yes. story is. Yep. I hope that I feel the love in the studio. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I just don't know with him. Sometimes I don't I know what to do. I try really hard. <laughs> I don't know. Um. So go like. Uh. Like our page. I don't know. What am I saying? Follow Twitter. us on Twitter. Follow and like. Like and rate, the Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. I know all the Twitters. Share. <laughs> share our. <laughs> yeah. Tell your friends. Share it on the. Share you know, it. Tell us. Tell us what you think of us. Yeah. Should I stop? saying bad jokes yes i continue yes that should be our poll sometimes i like it it's fine (laughs) depends what it is all right that's what she said all right thanks. (laughs) thanks everybody